Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 318 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. Joining me this week to talk about all the exciting news surrounding the Cincinnati Reds, your friend and mine, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? You know, I'm here. (laughs) Oh, man, this is still, you know, a strange time. Things are all, in, in the baseball world, certainly still delayed and... You know, it's just hard to even think about uh, missing sports, I guess. There's so much else going on in the world. It's a really strange time to kind of be a, a, a human and a citizen of the world, isn't it? It it truly is. I mean, you know, I think this is the first time we've podcasted since this got – maybe, I think, I don't know. I, they, everything runs together. <laughs> I think you and I were the, the first podcast after they missed right. – uh, they announced they were shutting things down. But, yeah, I mean, historic times and not in a great way. Exactly. So we're struggling to uh, keep providing uh, fresh content for you. I think we got some good uh, stuff to talk about this week. Um, but we'll begin with the news of the week. And there's really just one piece of quote-unquote news. And it's not really news, which is that uh, obviously the, the baseball season has uh, delayed indefinitely. Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association, there was reports this week that they were talking about uh, a plan that could allow them to start the season before the end of May. Is was the report. I'm sure they've, ta- they've talked about a million different options, but that's the one that got out in Jeff Passan's article at ESPN. And, and the, the idea behind that plan was the teams would come together in the Phoenix area, would use Chase Field and all the spring training sites, uh, and they mentioned other fields in the area. You'd think, I guess, college stadiums, things like that. And the players would be quarantined at local hotels, would only travel away from the hotel, go to the field, and the plan had reportedly gotten support from the CDC, so we'll see, whatever. But um, anyway, any thoughts about the possibility of uh, of that happening or or baseball in some fashion happening? Um, well, I don't think that – that's not happening in May, for one thing. Um, but, you know, it was interesting that MLB, I think, immediately backtracked. They did. Uh, from what I saw. So, yeah, I mean, it's not happening in May. Just it just is not uh, June or July maybe if things go really well. Well, and and there are some signs that things are beginning to go well. We got to stick with what we're doing now because that's part of the reason why things are starting to look a little bit better. I think, but uh, I, I think there absolutely will be baseball before the end of the year. What do you think, Jason? 
60-44. Yeah. I think there's a 60% chance we have baseball. Not as confident as I am, huh? It's just, I don't, well. There's so many I, moving parts that have to come together to make it happen. I, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. Yeah. The, the question for me is it's not like. I don't think that we'll be in a state where we could have baseball during what would traditionally be the baseball season. It's more a, if it's August 15th, when we can finally get started, do we bother? Oh, I think they bother. Yes. Okay. There's enough enough dollars at at stake, right? Enough dollars at stake. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I'll give you 70, 30. Yeah. You know, I I think, and this is the, maybe the optimistic, I think May is uh, sort of a, crazy talk. I think that's an optimistic. And they, when they came and backtracked, essentially the way I read it was, that's something we talked about. We've talked about a bunch of different things and, you know, we're, it's, it's all fluid. We're trying to figure out a way to make this happen. And there's so many, uh, as I said, moving parts that, uh, I'm sure they talked about that. I'm sure they talked about starting it in you know September and playing uh, one month and then starting the playoffs or something. I, they probably talked about everything. I could absolutely see a scenario and of course, this is uh, me being optimistic here. I, I'll concede. But I can see a scenario where things really start looking uh, looking up. Um, the testing capacity gets to the point where they feel like they can get, get moving and that they could start right what would ordinarily be the all-star break and play the second half and just make that the season. Now, that's, that's perhaps optimistic. I will concede. But I can absolutely see a path to that happening. And that would make me very happy indeed. Any thoughts about that, Jason? Yeah, I can see that path. I think for me, hopeful, the hopeful timeline is beginning of July, you know, maybe like July 4th weekend or whatever. Um, what I think is probably a more realistic timeline, if we're going to get it, is end of July to mid-August. I think they will start earlier rather than later, even if it means having no fans in the stands. And we may, there may no matter what the plan is, there may be no fans. Yeah. But... Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they put together something that permits baseball at some point. I don't know. I don't know. But does it? But here's what bothers. This does not bother me worse than anything else here. That's a ridiculous thing to say. But one thing that just bothers me is that finally, one time, I mean, there's so much to be bothered by right now. I know. I know. I started to be uh, hyperbolic there for a moment, as I'm wont to do. But finally, the Reds go and spend and actually have a contender. And a global pandemic hits us? What are the odds? You know, it's something. <laughs> it's something. It's really insignificant in terms of... Uh, well, no, it's just... But, I mean, I'm the same way. It's just like, oh, come on. Like, I mean, we've not been more optimistic for a season since on. when? <laughs> it's not fair, Jack. It's not fair to Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati sports fans are used to taking it on the chin. This is just another, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a, what's that? But, but strike or otherwise shortened seasons have never been bad for the Reds record. It's a good point. It's an excellent point. So really it might just be guaranteeing the Reds a, a playoff appearance and possibly the world series. I mean, let's think about that. 1994. 1990, lockout in 1990, 81, the strike, the Reds had the best record in baseball. Yeah. Um, 95. Oh, right. Right. 94 was the year that uh, it was ended, ended early and they were good that year. Uh, first place at the time. And then, yeah, 95 started late. You're right. 95. I think 1970, 
The Reds made the World Series loss to the Baltimore Orioles, but every time there's a strike shortened season or some reason the season is shortened. Yeah, I'm I'm actually looking this up now to see if if I'm Yeah, the Reds have never not finished first when games have been canceled. <laughs> That's amazing. So every time there have been it was it, games were canceled in 72, 81, 90, 94, and 95. Wow. And the Reds were I guess 81 we could quibble about whether they were first or not. They had the best record in baseball. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's really kind of a, a crazy a crazy point. So the Reds are going to have the best record in baseball. You heard it here first. <laughs> if we can just get the season started, doesn't matter how many games pretty clear the reds are going to be a contender i love it i love it well that's all the news for the week thank you for listening to red leg nation radio no we're going to uh answer some questions here we got a number of good uh viewer mail questions as always these are actual questions from actual viewers and um i will note that since we're talking about providing a fresh content each week i want to remind each of you that we are doing a uh every monday we're posting a new episode in our Building the Machine series about the the Big Red Machine and, and how it was built. And it's been, been pretty fun so far. New episode coming up Monday. It's in your regular free feed, so you should be getting it already if you're subscribed through whatever podcast device you use. These first set of questions here, Jason, are going to come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you two can go to oh, support. I don't, I don't like to associate with those people. I know. They don't much care for you either, given... The, some of these questions that I had to delete before. I mean, I was, I'm terrible in fairness. <laughs> I'm the worst. You are, you are the worst. Um, so these questions, uh, we're going to run through these first. And uh, some of them are pretty good. But, man, uh, I love that our, our viewer mail questions. Because, listen, I got, I've been home a lot lately. I think all the best the best I can I can muster is, is a steady jog. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. I, I got to give some credit to our, our friends at the uh, – at Patreon because they're trying to still remain creative in spite of the uh, the times. The first question comes from our friend Nathan Connor. Nathan Connor asks, Sam Miller over at ESPN.com wrote a piece this week where he picks one moment in each team's history that would have been the biggest social media story if that moment had played out in modern times. For the Reds, he selected Ed Roush napping in center field. What moments would you select as having the biggest social media explosion? Two that came to my mind were the 1989 Pete Rose scandal and the Griffey trade winter. It's a good question. Uh, I think both uh, the Pete Rose and the King Griffey trade, that would have been crazy on social media. Um, yeah, I, I think I can, I can think of three things. Um, Let's hear them. I'll, I'll go from probably smallest impact to holy crap, social media has blown up, Okay. So I think that weekend when Larkin had been traded to the Mets but had to approve it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been huge. Big. Um, I think that, frankly, Pete Rose's entire career would have been a social media disaster. If he'd had access to social media. It's more you learn about some of those guys behind the scenes, but Rose especially, I mean – you know, in the modern environment, if they'd said half of the things that they said back then, oh boy. Yeah. And as great a player um, as Pete Rose was, he was a one that, you know, never, never shied away from trying to seek as much of the spotlight as possible. He would have been making, he would have been on social media. He would have been 
everywhere embarrassing himself because every time he opens his mouth now he, he pretty much embarrasses himself these yes. days but i think i think the granddaddy of them all is how about 1919 oh 1919 that is reds related yeah yeah the black Sox series and all that uh, would have been I mean, crazy Reds fans coming to social media to be like we won fair and square we would have beat them anyway i mean come on yeah reds twitter would have been just nuts defending uh a very worthy champion in 1919 those are good I've got two. All right, give, give, give them to lay, lay them on me. Lay them on me, Chadwick. All right, the first one comes from 1971. 1971, the year that Jason graduated from high school. Ironically, 1971. I'm gonna I'm gonna just real talk you here. Uh, <laughs> neither of my parents had even graduated from high school in 1971. So there you go. My parents had just graduated. September 4th, the Reds are playing at Dodger Stadium. In Los Angeles. Now, this was the year after the Reds made the World Series, and uh, they had a really disappointing season in 71, uh, second full year under Sparky Anderson. So they're playing at Dodger Stadium, middle of the game, Woody Woodward's at second base for the Reds, and a plane flies over the stadium, and someone dropped a 10-pound sack of flour out of the plane, and it almost hit Woody Woodward. The plane flew away. No one was ever arrested on it. But can you imagine, you know, the, the highlights of that? That would have been going around. That would have been horrifying. Yeah, it's it's terrifying, you know. Yeah, uh, it's a wonder that you don't see something. I haven't seen something like that since. Actually, now that I think about it, but yeah, I think that would have been crazy. The, the other big social media disaster that uh, to answer Nathan's question, I think really would have been a complete meltdown, just a mess on uh, on Twitter. Where it would be if uh, perhaps a, a Reds uh, podcaster or writer were to say something about Hunter Green getting hurt. And then Hunter Green calls him out on Twitter about that. That, that, would, that would probably be let's, bad. Let's, let's try to stick to realistic things, Chad. Okay, you're right. That can never happen. Yeah. Come on. Come <laughs> on. If you don't know the backstory to that one, I'm glad. Joe Farsing asks, and this is a pretty good question because I could answer it a million different ways. What three historical figures, living or dead, would you catch a ball game with? Three hours to chat, drink some pops, and catch a tilt. So three historical figures, living or dead, would you catch a ball game with? Name one of yours, and then I'll name one. Oh, God, you go first. All right. First, I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Jackie Robinson. Jackie Ooh, Robinson. Man, now you took a good one, and I can't take it. Well, you can, but uh, you no, know. no, 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 uh, no. We got to do, we got to do different ones. We got to make it fun. Yeah, it's just you know, I, from a baseball perspective, I mean, you know, obviously any any Reds in history would be would be fun to talk to. But I don't know that's just one guy who what he endured and went through and uh, was a great player and just sort of a legend and died too young. I don't know. I just think that would be uh, be a good one for me. Uh, you know who I would love to sit and watch a baseball game with? I hope you'll tell me. Buck O'Neill. Oh my gosh! Good call. That's better than Jackie Robinson, actually. All right, so that's I've got one. You've got one. Now it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to go with Thomas Jefferson. Interesting. Thomas Jefferson is the founder of the the University of Virginia, Jason. Is he now? Yeah. And are you fond of the University of Virginia in some way? Not particularly, but uh, it's you know it seems like it's an impressive thing. Uh, that's where Red's president of baseball operations, Dick Williams, went to college. So uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I was thinking of somebody. 
first of all, you know, there are lots of things to talk about with Thomas Jefferson, just in terms of what he actually did uh, in terms of the, you know, the revolution, the declaration, founding of the country, but also uh, things to talk about that uh, maybe look a little different in 2020 than they would have back then, if, if that makes any sense. I just, I don't know. I think it would be uh, interesting to get uh, his perspective and, and talk to him. And he was uh, supposedly uh, loved to talk. So that's, that's why I picked that one. But mostly it's because of UVA. Who you got next? Hmm. I mean, I kind of want to go, I want to, I want to have a curve. Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. You ready? I don't think I am. Yeah. Oh, you're not. You're not. Uh, I would not mind having a, uh, watching a, a baseball game with, uh, noted baseball fan, Bruce Springsteen. Gosh, get out of town. Hey, hey, hey I can see the conversation. Hey, hey Bruce, do you, see, do you see him throw that speedball by him? Okay. We got, <laughs> we, we've got to, we've got to finally address this chat. <laughs> Come on. No, no, no. We've got to address this first. I will note that Springsteen is in fact notably a baseball fan. Okay, I'll believe you on that one. I know very little That's about Bruce Springsteen. But also, speedball, I don't know if it was the case, if it was, I don't think it was really in the lexicon in the 80s, but for the period in which I think he was trying to set things, speedball was a term that was used for fastball in newspaper reporting at times. So it's not, it's an anachronism, but it's not, it's not an unheard of term. Are you attempting to defend glory days? I'm just saying. Uh, all right. All right. He's not coming to my game. He's, I mean, he can't even sing the national anthem before the game. My third one. Oh, man. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? All right. Here we go. This is a little bit of a curveball. If I had more time to really think hard about this, I could probably come up with a hundred different ones. Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock has a, uh, a a filmography that is there are more outstanding films that he produced than anyone. He was uh, pro- incredibly productive. He was weird, and uh, I don't know. I just think I would, uh, I would like to pick his uh, pick his brain. It's Alfred Hitchcock. All right, I got you a number three. Let's hear it. Um, my number three is going to be Albert Einstein. Oh, it's a good call. It's a good call. Like physicist noted for being curious about all things. Uh, you know, what could be more fun? I could think of one thing that would be more fun. What's that? If we just didn't have three, just, we both just invited Adam Dunn and pounded beers with him. Eh, You can, you can do that. (laughs) Oh, come on. Adam Dunn. What about Joey Vada? You know who actually would would uh, on a you know I know we're going past three, but who I think would actually probably even in any context be a really fun person to sit around and watch a baseball game with Who's and that? listen to them talk. Who is Joey Votto? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question. Votto fan, but God, that would be great. Well, every time you hear Votto talk, it's like, oh man. I'm... I really but have to talk to that so guy. Funny that it would be a good time. Yeah. Oh but yeah. Have fun. Right. He, you know, you think of him this cerebral guy, and he is, and he, he takes his craft seriously and thinks about it, and you can see that from interviews with him. But he also tries to joke and laugh, and 
He is genuinely uh, pretty funny. He's a little bit off kilter, but those are the best people to me. Um, and uh, he's really, I mean, you know, especially if we're talking Reds related, he, there's no question. Anybody in the history of, of baseball or of Reds baseball, it's got to be him. Either him or perhaps Dan Billardello. Who? Dan Billardello. Don't uh, don't act like you don't know who Dan Billardello is. Classic. Sorry, I thought I was I was expecting you to go either Wayne Krinchecki or Lee Alberto Bonilla. <laughs> oh no, I no no no. Kyle Kapler <laughs> asks at patreon.com slash redleg radio. Have you ever seen the movie Hard Ticket to Hawaii? Why did you or why haven't you? Is it so good that it's bad or so bad that it's good? Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Now, first of all, Jason, have you ever heard of this movie? I have never heard of this movie in my life. Are you serious? I thought you were a movie fan. I enjoy media, but movies, honestly, are probably the area in which I have the least aficion. Like, I just, it does, you know... I don't know. I've never heard of this movie before. Yeah, well, neither have I uh, until t- just this day. Oh, <laughs> I did. Hard Ticket to Hawaii, 1987, directed by Andy Sedaris, starring Ron Moss, Donna Spear, the inimitable Hope Marie Carlton. So a cast of uh, of superstars. And it is, uh, here's the, <laughs> the, the tagline for the movie is, Pay the price for paradise. Here's the description. A Molokai-based civilian pilot and an undercover DEA agent intercept a delivery of diamonds intended for drug lord Seth Romero. Seth, his henchmen, and other island undesirables launch a full-scale assault on the duo. If they're going to survive, they'll need the help of Agent Rowdy Abilene and his partner. Rowdy Abilene. Of course, played... Memorably by Ron Moss. Uh, I'll tell you why I've never seen that. It sounds horrifically bad. It it truly does. Now, Kyle Kapler, you're going to have to tell us. Uh, you know, can I, can I, it's not like we've got a ton of material, so can I tell an anecdote real quick? I, I wish you would. I don't know why um, your discussion of that made me think of this, but it did. I believe I recall you. Do you enjoy Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand? Oh, I'm a huge fan of Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Yes. So I, I've I've only seen a few of them, but and the, and they're the older ones. But this was back in college. You know, one of those like sort of college Saturdays where you're just kind of sitting around. And a friend of mine and I were watching one, and it was uh, it was this skewering of a movie called Mitchell. Ah, uh, <laughs> Joe Don Baker. Joe Don Baker, right? <laughs> yes. Good. Good. That's good. You're you're with me here. <laughs> So I've seen that episode. You know, yeah. We laughed and watched it. It was funny. And we finished it. And then we changed the channel. And, and we changed the channel. And it happened to be like, you know, the last few minutes of The Natural. And we were like, oh, cool. Let's watch the last few minutes of The Natural. And so, you know, he, he hits his home run or whatever. And the credits are rolling. And one of the first names to pop up on the credits, <sighs> Joe Don Baker. No way. He is the whammer. <laughs> the whammer? He is the whammer. Oh man! And we saw this, and after after just watching him be skewered for three hours or whatever, <laughs> we just oh we we didn't stop laughing for five or ten minutes. I swear that is fantastic. That's a good episode of Mystery Science Theater, by the way. Yes, um, it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, big fan of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. So 
So I encourage mystery science theater questions in future podcasts. Um, that's pretty good. I did not realize Joe Don Maker was in The Natural, which is a pretty good movie. We uh, this for you know we're we're kind of half quarantined, and so I've been kind of watching just some things that I hadn't seen in a while, but movies I'd already seen just to just to watch them, just because put something on in the background. And I, I saw three movies I really like uh, recently. Um, that I rewatched The Big Lebowski, Top Gun. And Snatch. Have you seen any of those? I've seen all of those. Really? I have. They are all good movies. Yeah, they're all fun movies, you know. Uh, I haven't seen Top Gun probably since I was a kid. Well, I I, I couldn't remember. I think I've probably seen it one time since I was a kid. I saw it in the theaters. If if you can believe that. It's one of the first movies I think I saw in the theaters. I was too young to see that in the theaters. Uh, All right. I was 29. But... uh, my son wanted to watch it, so we watched it. And just so uh, you all know, Chad was born with gray hair. <laughs> that's actually almost true. My hair started started seeing some gray in my hair when I was in college. And my poor daughter, who's in high school, is already seeing some. Oh, she's gonna kill me, but she's not gonna listen to this. So, um, Snatch. If you've not seen Snatch, it's a great one. It's a fantastic. Guy Ritchie movie. Brad Pitt, uh, Jason Statham. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. But uh, before we get off movies, I just want to say one thing, because I saw a movie that my brother had been after me for five or six years to see this movie, Kingsman, The Secret Service. Have you seen that, Jason? No, nah, I've heard good things about it. Well, my brother was raving about it for years. I'm like, okay, I want to, I like to watch that. You know, it looks pretty good. But I just, I was never really that enthused about watching it. I finally got around to watching it a couple weeks ago. That movie is great. Four and a half stars out of five. What do you think about that? That's pretty good. Yeah, that's really while we're here, I rarely get to throw a quality watch recommendation at you. Let's hear it. Um, but this is a great quarantine watch. Are you ready? Um, a few years ago, I might have already suggested this to you, but whatever. It bears repeating. A few years ago, uh, there was a great, it's a mini series. So it's like eight hours long, but still, you've got time. We've all got time. Right. Uh, there was a great mini series done um, on War and Peace. Uh, Fantastic cast. The the two leads are Paul Dano and Lily James. Um, really, it's really, really good. And for those who are like, oh, War and Peace, and you want some sense of what it's actually about without waiting through 1,500 pages, go watch it because it's really good. When was this? Uh... Uh, four or five years ago. I'm trying to look for it here. I don't see it. Huh. That sounds, sounds interesting. I certainly don't want to read that. It is very, very good. Good deal. Outstanding. Okay, so there's Jason's recommendation and my recommendation, Kingsman, The Secret Service. All right, let's see what our next question is. Thank you for that one, Kyle. Uh, Joe Farsing's back with another one of his farcical questions. Fartsicle questions? What? Wait a minute, what? Who? Who? Huh? Wait. Um, Dickless Williams, remember him? Remember, remember that little joke a while back? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Rhinovirus Sandberg. Cecil epilepsy or bronchitis arroyo. That's his. Uh, got to choose one of those. And then he comments, "This quarantine needs to end because I'm running short of illness-related puns." Why can't we have Charlie Cough? <laughs> oh, Charlie Cough. That's a good one. But we got to go with. I mean, Cecil epilepsy. Uh, whatever. Rhinovirus Samber. He was a Cubs so and not him. So it's got to be bronchitis arroyo. I think for the, the three that he asked. But I'm going with Charlie Cough. I like that. It's pretty quick, yeah, Jason. Yeah, yeah, of the three, I think I think uh, I think Bronchitis Arroyo is pretty good. Unless unless you were going to go with Willie Gangrene, 
<laughs> Willie Gangreen. Oh, good question. Good uh, conversation about Willie Green in our last episode with uh, Chris Garber when we were talking about obscure reds uh, of the past, our red leg sadness bracket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nathan Connor. <laughs> and he, he pre- prefaces this question by, I'm really reaching for a current baseball question here. Last year's trade for Trevor Bauer. Nathan, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Absolutely. So we appreciate your efforts. Last year's trade for Trevor Bauer was made with 2020 in mind. He becomes a free agent in 2021. 2019 was already a lost season at the time of the trade. And if 2020 gets canceled entirely, then the Reds basically gave away Taylor Trammell for nothing. Describe your levels of frustration with that specific thing. Well, it'd be frustrating. You know, I don't care. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, well, but you I care know. about, you'd like to have Taylor Trammell. I would, but also Taylor Trammell, it seems, has kind of fallen in esteem. He, he did not bounce back. Uh, and I've seen a couple of things that have him as kind of an overrated prospect, which, I mean, I think we were all overrating him. If he is, in fact, overrated, I was kind of bummed at the trade, but I just can't. Yeah, whatever, you know, like, just can't. Yeah, can't I, I, the the chances are that it's not like they traded him for a star. I hate if they gave him away for essentially free, which is what yeah. it would be if, if there's no season this year. And there was a little bit of news from Trevor Bauer this week. He had, a, a Doug Gray had a good piece uh, at redlegnation.com about, uh, he, he had some kind of a, a video on his YouTube channel where he was talking about, uh, he's he's well known for planning to sign one-year contracts every year of his career going yeah. forward. and. And so he had some quotes, basically. He said, um, I want to be happy, be able to be happy playing the game I love. I want to end up in situations that make me happy and make me fulfilled. That can be situations like the Reds have, where there's just a really great group of people that just make me fulfilled as a person. And he says, but that can also be situations like jumping into a team that's going to go on a playoff run and hopefully win a World Series. It could be a team that let me pitch every fourth day or treats me, blah, 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 blah. So uh, he wants to be able to control where he plays and the situations he's in because... Uh, he wants a chance to go to the World Series every single year, he says. So, whatever. I don't know. I think he's gone after this year. I, I think it's – I don't know. I think if the Reds have done everything they could have done in terms of putting people around him and uh, trying to win to convince him to stay, but I don't know. If, you, if you're really wanting to win a World Series, if that's really important to you, I hope the Reds are the you know top contender for the series going into next year, but – been a while you're taking a chance on the on this organization i guess so any other thoughts about that no not really that's just i can't yeah i can't muster the energy (laughs) i agree all right rich thompson now this is a little bit of a lengthy question and it's also a movie related question so i'm going to apologize ahead of time here jason lindham Rich asks, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Hollywood is delaying many of their major releases. One movie that had been generating a lot of buzz is the forthcoming Bond movie, No Time to Die. In my opinion, another reason why there's so much anticipation for this movie is because Daniel Craig will be stepping down from portraying Britain's super spy. Now, everyone's speculating who will be cast as the next James Bond. Will it be an established Hollywood actor or a relative unknown with little, if any, acting experience, much like George Lazenby's casting in On Her Majesty's Secret Service? If the producers decide to go with the obscure route, and for the sake of fun, for this conversation, which former or current Red do you think has the look, swagger, and tongue-in-cheek humor to sit behind the wheel of Bond's Aston Martin DB5 or drink vodka martinis, shaken, not stirred? So the first part of that question, I'll go ahead and jump in. If you have thoughts, you can, uh, because I'm a, I'm a fan of that series I've been. I think there's only one person that can, do it, can be the next James Bond, in my mind. 
I can't, I'm just, this is the guy that I'm dying for it to be. And that is Idris Elba. I just. Well, that's been the talk for years, right? Yeah. He's, his name has been bouncing around. And the more I think about when I first, uh, it came up, I was like, uh, Stringer Bell, you know, from the wire. And he was great in the series, Luther, this British series, BBC series. But the more I think about it and the more I see Idris Elba, he's just like the coolest guy on earth. I think he would be really, really good. Any other names you can think of that you'd be interested to see? Like in real life, either way. And in real, I mean, I, honestly, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not versed enough to to say. Um, so Jason agrees with me, Idris Elba. But 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 yeah, Idris Elba seems like a good one. But but Reds wise, um, I can think of of several, and it, it kind of depends on what direction you want to go. Well, name um, one, and then we'll see where we are. All right, so one I would throw out there, and I think this might be my favorite of the ones I've. No, we'll, we'll I'll save the favorite for last. Uh, so I could I could see uh, a younger Joe Morgan. He's a little short, though. Yeah, but he's got you know he had the the swagger as oh, noted, yeah. and you know he certainly wasn't a shrinking violet in any way. So I I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, I could see that though. I could see it. You got one? Uh, you know, I was going to say the one that came to my mind for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's just uh, his look is uh, Aaron Boone. For some reason, I just always thought he, you know. Well, he's short, too. Is he Is he short? Yeah, he's like 5'8". Is that short? I'm 5'1". No, that's not true. Uh, but uh, oh, I didn't think he was that short. I don't know. He just he seemed like, you know, he was. Oh, pretty- you said Aaron Boone. Yeah, not Brett. No, Brett. Sorry. Yeah, you said Aaron. I heard Brett. No, Brett is short. Aaron is not. Yeah, I don't know. I just I see. I can see Aaron wearing the uh, the tuxedo, and I don't know. That's that's one. That I've got. I got a better one. I got my favorite one. Uh, All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my favorite, and then I'll give you I'll give you my current. Okay. Red. My favorite, Johnny Cueto. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. Can you imagine? That'd be fun, yeah, right? Fun. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> that let's be real. That's the answer. That's probably the answer. Yeah, Johnny Cueto. Who's, who's your Who is your favorite? I was the guy that I always thought of as kind of the the coolest red of all time. Well, one of the two coolest. I mean, Eric Davis is probably the coolest. So maybe I should say him. Oh, Eric Davis. That's another great. I was going between Eric Davis and Barry Larkin. I just think both could fill out the uh, the tuxedo and the, you know, both athletic, so they could do the do their own stunts. Those are the guys. Yeah. Eric may, terms, be, may be the coolest, though. No doubt. Uh, in terms of current Reds, frankly, I, I, I honestly, I, I can't imagine any current Red besides Votto. <laughs> but, I mean. It, it depends. I, not, I agree. Not, not shy, Joey. Only only gregarious, Joey. Right. In in. In those terms, the guy that came to my mind on the current team, and maybe he doesn't have what you're thinking of as the whatever the look is, uh, you know, uh, somebody that looks really cool, I guess. But the guy that Joey, seems like he ha- Joey has the look for sure. Joey absolutely has the look. Another guy that I'm not sure that he does, but absolutely has kind of the the sensibility and the the humor and just the whatever that X factor is. What do you think about Jesse Winker? He's got, he's a funny guy. A little too goofy. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. A little, little too goofy. Amir Garrett? Amir, I could see. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, who would be the worst of the current uh, Reds? The worst Bond? 
the worst bond of the current right so I, I want I've, I've got an answer in my head but I want to I want to think for just a second before I give you, before I give you mine let me say that I do think that David Bell would actually make a pretty good bond as well yeah that's not that's not that's not bad the Hold worst on. one is going to be in my mind um Kurt Casale I don't know <laughs> I was trying to think of some goofy relief. Who, what goofy relief pictures do we have? Yeah, that's kind of where I was trying to go. Robert they, Stevenson, maybe? They've got to have a personality that's just obviously, like, just obviously wrong. Jared wrong. Hughes would have been that guy, probably. Oh, for sure. Jared yeah. Hughes would have been terrible for that. Um, man, this is tough. That's a tough one. Rich Thompson, I got to congratulate you because uh, we've been sitting here talking about the <laughs> which uh, red would be the best and worst James Bond for entirely too long. This is fantastic. I, I don't think I don't think Bauer could pull it off. No, I don't think I don't think he could pull that off either. Um, oh, Luis Castillo could. Yeah, well, I mean, Luis Castillo, he's just our baby Johnny. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, but we're going to go with Johnny Cueto. I think I'm agreed with you. We're going to go with. I think it's either Johnny Cueto or Eric Davis. I think those are the final two, so you yeah. all can choose. Hooper Pal asks, I'm bored out of my mind. Can we start an MLB The Show League for actual viewers? Also, have you been keeping up with the season simulation at BaseballReference.com? BaseballReference.com. Um, I have not been keeping up. I saw they were doing that. I have not been keeping up with uh, that uh, season simulation. Do you know what that is? Yeah, and I went and checked it out uh, before this because no, I haven't really been paying attention. I mean, very slight. You know, I'm aware of it, but I haven't looked at it more than maybe once before today. Uh, and the Reds are seven and five, so you know that's nice and fun. But you know, give me real baseball. Yeah. And you said something else on uh, Twitter, by the way, that correlates to that that I really agree with, which is, you know, I don't have a ton of interest in watching baseball games that have already been played. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not, I mean, I like sports and this is, I'm not trying to choose, pick one over the other, but sports are not art. They're not the same thing. And the whole point of sports is watching the narrative unfold in front of you. But once the narrative is already unfolded, I, I don't see any point in revisiting it for the most part. I mean, I've been planning to go back and watch the 1990 World Series since I have some time. But I haven't yet, and I, I think I will want to watch that because I got you know personal history with that. I did the the one thing that I rewatched was I did watch last year's uh, Final Four and Championship game in the NCAA tournament because Thomas Jefferson told me to. <laughs> and um, so anyway, I've not been keeping up with that simulation, and I know Stratomatic is doing one, and, and we've been have good coverage of that at RedLegNation.com. I'll be honest, I'm not paying one bit of attention. To, I just, I don't know. I want real baseball. I'm ready for real baseball. Now, Hooper also says, can we start an MLB The Show League for actual viewers? And we've talked about doing that with uh, the Patreon crowd. I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we should do that. I actually purchased MLB The Show. I'm not a gamer. I don't, I'm just really, I'm the worst video gamer and I, I played this a little bit MLB the show and I am the worst MLB the show player in the history of the world I'm terrible so if you want to uh, uh, play against me just uh, shoot me a tweet or something but uh, I don't know an MLB the show league for actual viewers if you all think that's a good idea 
tweet us at Red Leg Radio and let us know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll put one together to uh, for all all viewers. Nathan Sturworf asks, which former Reds catcher would have advanced the furthest if they had made the obscure Reds bracket? That's the bracket that Chris Garber and I did in the last couple of episodes, a 64-team bracket. That was ultimately won by Raphael Lendestoy. And his uh, former Reds catcher would have advanced the furthest if they had made the bracket. Brian Dorsett, Kelly Stinnett, or Brooke Fordyce? What do you think, Jason? You got an answer there? Which well, one? Brian Dorsett is the one I have no memory whatsoever of, so I'm going to go with him. I barely remember him. Um, I think I remember him a little bit less than the others, so I think I'm going to go with Brian, Brian Dorsett as well. Now, wait a minute. Wasn't Brian Dorsett, didn't, wasn't he a running back for the Cowboys for a while? Or am I thinking of someone else? I don't follow football. <laughs> oh, Jason, I'm sorry. That's Tony Dorsett. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sorry. We go. sorry, sorry for messing your joke up there. Yeah, you, you, you actually made it a little bit better. So um, let's go over to some questions that we got from uh, really just one or two here, I think. Twitter.com slash Radio. Garrett Mann, at movie underscore man 98, asks, hash brown viewer mail, if you could bring one position player and one pitcher from the 2013 season, to this team now, to win it all, who would it be and why? Stay safe, y'all. Hashtag mail from a mailman. All right. Thank you, Garrett Mann. And you stay safe as well. If you could bring one position player and and one pitcher from the 2013 season to this team now to win it all, who would it be and why? Now, I'm going to go with position player first. Okay. Well, i got to ask a question. Sure. Are we... Is this... The same player having aged five years, or is this that player that season? I took it as that player that season. So the, the way he performed in the 2013 season, not how, because a lot of these guys are still playing, obviously, not how he plays uh, now. And so so let's look at it. Let's frame it like that then, how they played in 2013. I think for the position players, the answer is pretty clear. I think it's uh, Neftali Soto. You're fired. Get out. <laughs> yes, sir. Xavier Paul? Donald Lutz? Xavier Paul is one of my favorite obscure reds. Oh, yeah. What about Cesar Isturis? <laughs> Man, he was 33 years old that, that year. He had a career. Uh, so so who, what do you think here? I, I've got, I think I know who I would vote for. Yeah, I think I, for position player, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's got to be Chu, right? It's got to be Shinsu Chu, center fielder, yeah. 285, yeah. 423 on base, uh, 21 homers. Oh, man, 112 walks. Golly, he was a force of nature there. He was so much fun to watch just that one I season. Mean, you know, especially given the fact that while the outfield right now is, I think we would define it as solid, there's there's nobody who is offensively on that level. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like center field is necessarily a weak spot for the Reds. You know, I looked at the the, the what we think of as the weak spots, and that year Devin Mesoraco did not have a great year. Uh, and neither, yeah. neither did Ryan Hannigan at catcher, and at shortstop Zach Cozart uh, did not have a great year. So here, here's a here's an underrated choice, Jason. What about Joey Votto? That well, that would be my number two. Is bring bring 2013 Joey Votto? I think that he he's not likely to equal the numbers he had that year. Probably not. Maybe. I mean, I'd never put anything past Joey Votto, but. Stranger things have certainly happened. Stranger things have happened. Now, um, let's look at the pitchers. Bring one pitcher 
And again, I think probably it's obviously going to have to be uh, Pedro Villarreal. Obviously. What about Curtis Parch? You remember that guy? Big redhead? I, I do, actually. It took a second, but yes. I remember his existence. So uh, I think I know what pitcher, although if we're talking about that 2013 season. Well, let me let me ask you. Go ahead. You, you say yours first. Uh, I'm going to be controversial. Can I be controversial? I love it. Give me Mike Leak. Mike Leak. Mike Leak. Leak had a good season that year, and I mean it was just it was a leak season. Every season yeah. of his was like that. I mean, I want to say Johnny Cueto, but that was the year Cueto was hurt. Yeah, Cueto was um, great when he was pitching. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, sixty innings, no way. Give me Leak. Leak had the best season of people who don't make my stomach turn. <laughs> Which is the Matt Latos division, uh, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and Latos did have a good season that year. And Latos wasn't that much better than Leak, so I'll, I'll take I'll take Mike Leak's uh, better personality. Yeah the the, the best uh, the best starter for the Reds that year was Cueto, but he only started eleven games because of the injury. But he was great in those eleven games. Twenty age twenty seven season, man, he was so good. Uh, shaken, not stirred. Um, I'm looking over the rest of the. You know, Arroyo had just had an Arroyo season. It was average. It's fine. Threw a lot of innings. Yeah. Homer, Homer Bailey, you know, a decent season. But I I think there's always the chance that Matt Latos was going to just explode at any time and blow up on you and who knew what was going to happen. So I think Leak is by far the safest choice. That's not who I was going to say going in. But I think I'm with you. Who? <laughs> I brought you around. You did. You did. I was looking for one of these uh, top guys because Leak was just Leak. And we like Leak. We always did. We were always big fans of him on the podcast. But continue to beat the Mike Leak is is underrated drum. As noted before, Mike Leak essentially has the same career numbers as Trevor Bauer. Oh yeah, yeah. Leak is, and he's he's done it. Frankly, he's been a an effective pitcher in more seasons. Yeah. You know, than than Trevor Bauer. Leak. Uh, I don't know. That was a classic Leak season. Fourteen to seven, three point three seven ERA through almost two hundred innings. I mean. Looking at it, that was actually, I'm looking at his career numbers now. That was his peak season. That was his best year. Really? Well, that's that's a good one. It's funny to look at that season, and it's hard to remember it now, but the the pitcher who had the fifth most starts for the Reds that year, 23-year-old Tony Singrani. Tony Singrani. And he was pretty good. He was actually really good in those... uh, 18 starts that he had. So the bullpen, you know, was, uh, it was a pretty good bullpen, but none of those guys would I really want to bring uh, necessarily. I mean, Aroldis Chapman was good. Uh, Alfredo Simon was actually decent out of the bullpen that year. J.J. Uh, Hoover was, that was one of his good, I mean, maybe his one good season. Sam LeCure was pretty good. I mean, Manny Parra was, that was a year he was good. Yeah, the bullpen was pretty good that season. John yeah, Boxton. I'm never going to pick a relief pitcher ever, though, because my rule about relief pitchers is that they're only good until they're not. Well, Mike Leake, uh, 2013 era Mike Leake is better than, for example, 2020 Wade Miley, I would think. So yeah. you've already upgraded. I mean, if you're looking at it just from that sense, you're already upgrading your rotation, which is already going to be a pretty good rotation. So, All right, so that's who we're going to go with. We're going to go with Shinsu Chu and Mike Leake. Good question, Garrett, man. Well, i got to tell you, Jason, that's just about it. We've kind of exhausted this one. I thought I think we've done a pretty good job considering there's no baseball to actually talk about. Yes, hooray for us! Hooray for 
us. Any final thoughts about uh, the state of the world or state of baseball or just anything you want to say here before we head out? <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot, Jason. I'm sorry. No, that's my that's my statement. Oh, I got see ya. So that's a that's a very good one. All right, you know how to get to the podcast where wherever you find your podcast, we're there. You can get us at redlegnation.com as well. Uh, but uh, search search for us wherever you download podcasts. We'll be there. Listen to Building the Machine comes out every Monday uh, in our podcast feed. Follow Jason on Twitter on Twitter at Jason Linden. I'm at Dotson C and uh, at Redleg Radio. Tell us what you think about this ridiculous podcast every week that we're just you know hey listen you got to give us credit we're trying to bring you some fresh content make you maybe maybe smile a little bit in the face of what is a crazy time to uh, be alive for jason linden and curtis parch this is chad dotson saying so long everyone Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.